And not only that, you know, when you're looking at uh, a database of 100 plus million people uh, like Hilton has, and they're continuously, their they're number one or number two request for a place to go from their Hilton Honors members or their, their, their active members was Belize. Well, they, you know, that's market study. Hi, you're listening to That Really Happened, Unbelievable Real Estate Stories. I'm your host, Ellie Perlman. If you're a real estate investor, this is the podcast for you. Our guest speakers will bring you amazing, intriguing, and unbelievable stories about real estate investing. The stories will be an honest and transparent account about what it actually means to invest in real estate. You'll hear stories that investors don't usually share. Stories about hardships, breaking points, painful truths, and surprising realizations. Sometimes there's a happy ending, and sometimes the story ends very differently than you would expect. So let's get the show started. Hello and welcome to That Really Happened, Unbelievable Real Estate Stories, the show for passive investors that is all about real estate investing. And on this episode, I hosted Dave Zook and we talked about investing in real estate in Belize. We talked about why Belize, how he does it, and why it's important to diversify your portfolio even outside the US. Hey Dave, how are you today? I'm good, Ellie. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. I'm so happy to have you today on my show. I think, uh, you know, the things that you're involved with are very interesting. Uh, You're kind of diversified across multiple parts of real estate. You're doing multifamily, self-storage, and and also uh, uh, development of a resort community, the largest in Belize. So, um, you know, I I think you're going to have a really interesting story to tell today, and I'm really excited to host you on my show. Well, I'm excited to be here. And some people ask, you know, how do you go from multifamily, you know, specifically C-class multifamily to, um, you know, four-star resort property in Belize? And the answer is uh, hooking up with the right people and teaming up with people that I really want to team up with and do business with. So it's been a fun ride. It's, uh, it's, quite diverse uh, between you know the different asset classes that I'm involved in but it's it's uh, it's a lot of fun so let's take kind of a, a one step you know a step back you mentioned that you started with multifamily how did you find yourself in in multifamily or in real estate in general I got chased into real estate multifamily specifically because I had a tax problem I from the time I was a teenager I was sort of an entrepreneur and investor and and I was aware, I was watching my dad do real estate in a way that he took his profits from his business and parked it in real estate. And he self-managed some of that real estate. Some of, some of it was single family homes, some of it was you know, agriculture, farmland. It, he really did well. Um, but I saw some of the headaches that came along with you know, self-management. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of shied away from real estate and made up my mind specifically that I wasn't going to invest in real estate. I was going to invest in businesses and I did. So I, uh, I started investing in, in businesses, started a couple businesses, partnered with some guys that, you know, I was, I was in quite a few different businesses and some of those were doing really well. Got to the point where I was paying around a half a million dollars in tax a year. And, um, yeah, so it was, uh, through some education, through, 
reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki, all his stuff and, and getting around the right people, I realized that real estate can, can not only be a, a really good cash flow vehicle and a wealth building tool that way, but it can also be a, a, a really good tax shelter. So when I realized that real estate, you know, and multifamily specifically had some real advantages and could help me on the tax side, all of a sudden I couldn't get enough of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I started buying uh, multifamily properties uh, uh, and I, you know, bought several hundred units uh, on my own, eventually ran out of money. Um, it was around that time that I was invited to sit on a, a board of a founding uh, startup bank. And uh, I remember in a meeting, there was about a dozen of us sitting around the table and I heard these conversations about, you know, investing in the bank or should we or shouldn't we and it might be five to seven years before we see any kind of a return and um then i heard him talking about well it might you know it's probably better than investing in a cd cds were paying less than one percent at the time so i was like i couldn't believe what i was hearing because i knew most of these guys and i knew that they were able to stroke seven figure checks to to invest and uh so good friend of mine who's now chairman of the board of that bank um i went to him and i said did you hear that conversation i, I was like would there be a need for somebody and he was also he's a cpa as well and he was and one of his one of his girls was doing my bookkeeping and he was also an investor of mine and uh, actually no not at that t- at that point he wasn't an investor yet but he saw he saw what i was doing and so i i asked him is there a need for somebody to put a, a, a deal together and take it to these guys that, you know, had this obvious problem. Um, and he said, well, yeah. And at the time I didn't even know how to spell syndication, but um, the next deal that came along, I needed $850,000 and went out and raised it. And those guys, um, you know, they were, getting a double digit return. They were happy. They wanted to do it again. They told a couple of friends. And for the next several years, we just started collecting multifamily properties and it kind of grew organically. And uh, so I never really started out thinking that I was going to syndicate. I, I was doing it because I needed it for myself. And then I realized that there was other people that had the same problem I did. And I, I set out and started helping them. Interesting. And then at what point did you decide that you want to do something different because you started, as you mentioned, you started buying multifamily with your own money and then you ran out of cash and you wanted, and you started to uh, syndicate kind of uh, maybe accidentally, but decided to, to start syndicating deals. So how, how was that experience? Yeah. So it had more to do with the team and the people that I was around, the same people that introduced me to my now partner in Memphis, Tennessee, where we own uh, several thousand apartment units um they were also involved in this they were they were part of a development team for this uh group in uh, mahogany bay village in belize they were building out this property and and so they invited me to come down there and see what they were doing and and at the time i wasn't looking to do development offshore but i my relationship with these guys was such that if they were involved in the deal I wanted to at least go see the deal because I knew they were good guys. I wanted to do business with them. And so that was kind of the start of it. It wasn't, it wasn't so much deal specific as relationship specific. And I wanted to be a part of what they were doing. That's really interesting. And I think it's a really interesting point that 
I think a lot of people are trying to force their path and say, okay, I want to do, you know, self-storage or I want to get into multifamily, but it's actually what you did is actually kind of uh, didn't over plan it and you were creating those relationships over over the years and that's where it kind of led you to. And it's interesting because I hear it a lot from people who succeeded in um, in real estate that many times they ended up doing what they do almost by accident. Either that, you know, they, they had a, an interesting conversation with someone and they thought, okay, maybe we'll try it. Or they met someone um, and decided to go with the opportunity that this guy presented. So looks like that's what happens. It's pretty interesting. You know, you know, the interesting part is the decisions that, you know, that you're faced with that you, you know, you could, you could chart a path going one direction or the other. And, and it's, it's just interesting to look back and see, well, because I made these decisions, I'm, you know, where I am today, I could have been totally somebody else had, had different uh, opportunities arose and, and, uh, you know, at the right place at the right time. So it's, and I'm sure, you know, other people and you probably have the same experiences. Exactly. And those are the best experiences um, it just happens sometimes organically. You can try hard and you can, you think that you have a certain way and then something happens and you find yourself in a different path. Um, that's interesting. So these guys were telling you about something they were doing in Belize and you decided to just, you know, hop on a plane and go see w- w- what it's all about. How, what happened there? So they put on a three day investor field trip to go down and see the market and and you know really get investors familiar with the market what was going on and and i mean there was there was telling signs about you know there was bigger things coming and bigger things happening and and kind of you know when you really get to study the market you can kind of see this wave coming and so uh saw that um they had secured a 67 acre property that was just at that time it was just dirt with a few canals dug into it and so at that point it was you know we we were looking at pretty pictures and renderings and and so you know when you look at a a brand new development project there's a lot of risk involved and you want to make sure that you're involved with the right team now when you take that offshore now you can probably three to five x that risk so you really want to make sure so no it was um I liked the market. It was beautiful. You know, I could kind of see what was coming, but more than anything else, it was, it was the team that was involved. I want to be part of them. Got it. Interesting. So you're going there and, and you're, you see the actual site that they've purchased and you hear what they say and how they presented you. You kind of fall in love with Belize and you understand that this is the next, uh, I think some people call it the next Hawaii. That's interesting to see what happened there. Um, so you decide to to team up with the team that, that you met before, that you, you know, appreciated. And I find it interesting that, you, that you've done that. There's uh, one quote that you used before and you say, you can be conventional or you can be wealthy. Pick one. Do you think that that was one of those moments when you decided I'm going to be, because, you know, I'm not going to be conventional because a lot of people are doing multifamily, including myself, but not a lot of people are going offshore or, you know, making the switch to development and in Belize, which is kind of a market that is, something is happening there, but it's, it's not a core, you know, it's not a core market. 
Yeah, you know, and when I'm talking conventional uh, or unconventional, even even what you're doing and investing in multifamily, what I'm doing investing in multifamily, that's what I'm talking about too. This is, you know, even that is unconventional. When I'm talking about when I'm talking about conventional, I'm talking about Wall Street products, 401ks, retirement plan, pension, you know, all the stuff that you know, 80, 90 percent of the people invest in. And typically, when I see the masses. 90% of the people doing one thing, I get a little nervous. I That's typically not the path to success. And, and that can be in anything. That's not, that's not just real estate investing. That's in, that's in health. That's in, hmm. that's in education. That's in, that's in wealth building. That's in, that's in all kinds of stuff. So you can break it down. I mean, you can break down and break it down into all kinds of different categories. But typically when you have a conventional path and the masses are doing it, 90% of the people are doing it, that's that's i get a little nervous i mean you know just think about it if if conventional medicine would work we we'd all be healthy if conventional education would work we'd all be you know we'd all be uh graduating and getting a six-figure job conventional wealth would work but I mean, you know we'd all be rich you know and it's a look right. around so right. you know so that's where that statement came from I think the fear of some people is to do something different because they see it as they see the risk. And of course, the bigger the risk, the bigger the rewards, but there is a way to mitigate the risk. And I think it's kind of related to what you were talking about before when you mentioned teaming up with the right people. So, you know, maybe you haven't done development before, but if you team up with a strong, you know, if if you're in the business with with a strong team, then that's a great way to mitigate your risk. Absolutely, and I and I often, more often than not, I leverage other people's skills, and I would much rather team up with somebody that has the ten thousand hours that's an expert in their field. Mm-hmm. Much rather team up with those people, assuming they're good people, than dive in and try to figure it out on my own because we only got so many ten thousand hours in our lifetime, and so if <laughs> I commit, if I commit to one. That's about all I'm going to get for the next couple of years. So I'd much rather just shortcut the process and team up with somebody that has their 10,000 hours. Yeah, I I totally agree, and I think that the 10 hour, the 10,000 hours. Um, I read it in Outliers. Maybe that's the yeah. book that you're referring to. Yeah, I absolutely agree. You can't. I mean, I, I think the most successful people in the universe are those who. I think they're excellent at doing exactly what you just said. They know how to. Pick the right people and with the right experience and, um, you know, that not necessarily the, the experience that they have or the skills that they have. So complementary to what they have. I think that's key. And I'm more of a generalist, but I like to partner with people that are that are that have really specific skill sets. I mean, so I'll just give you an example. My partner in Memphis, who's also my management team. He only invests in multifamily and not only just multifamily, but just multifamily in Memphis and only B and C class multifamily. So he's, he has a very specific skill set. And, you know, same way with self-storage, you know, my, my self-storage team, 42 self-storage assets they invest in and they, that's all they do. I, I invest heavily in ATMs and, and my ATM team. I mean, that's, that's their life. I mean, it's, you know, so, so to be able to team up with people that are really that have really specific skill sets, um, uh, that'll shortcut the process. And you talked about mitigating risk. 
that's the way I mitigate risk. Right. And that makes a lot of sense. I think, I think this is exactly the way to go. So where does it stand now with the, with the development in, in Belize? So because of the quality of the team, uh, which is what attracted me there in the first place, mm-hmm. um, there are some other folks that recognize that as well. And so we just opened the resort um, about, well, less than half a year ago, on December 6th of 2017, as a brand new curio collection by hilton wow um so part of the resort is branded uh as the newest resort by hilton and the other part of the resort is coastal living as it's branded it's a branded coastal living resort and both of those have you know just giant followings just you know to be able to shine even just one of those kind of marketing spotlights on our project would be incredible but we got two of them uh, Coastal Living was part of the Time family, Time Inc., before they got bought out by even a bigger player. But uh, you got two big, giant marketing engines pointing at our project, which is super exciting. That's very, very impressive. And I think it all shows that there are other, you know, if those major players like the Hilton are actually, uh, they recognize this this area and they recognize, you know, the opportunity, then it's um, it's a good indicator that you're, that you're doing something right, that the market is right, that the, the property is, is right. Well, and it is a big vote of confidence. You know, I mean, they do their, exactly. they do their research, you know, they, mm-hmm. they, they do their market analysis. And, and not only that, you know, when you're looking at uh, a database of 100 plus million people uh, like Hilton has, and they're continuously, they're, they're number one or number two requests for a place to go from their Hilton Honors members or their, their, their active members was Belize. Well, they, you know, that's market study, you know, mm-hmm. not, not only, not only do, the, do they do the market study on the area, but they also do the market study within their own database. So that was, a, that was sort of telling. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when I'm looking at multifamily properties, I'm using the uh, Starbucks indication. So Starbucks, because, I mean, they have a lot of resources, obviously. And if a property is located, you know, pretty close to a Starbucks, that's, it's not, it's not 100%, of course, of, you know, of the market study, you have to dig a lot deeper. But that's a great indicator to show that if they thought to develop a Starbucks here, then it's a, it's a pretty good, you know, indi- indicator, um, as well as Whole Foods and how new the other big players in the market, how close they are to the property. So you talked about going there and seeing the property, and then you talked about how, you know, how it is today and how successful the project is. Can you share of what happened in between from the time that you actually went there and saw the, the property? Um, what was your involvement with, with the project? Um, for the most part, I mean, I was on, on the ground day to day, um, our development partners are. So for the most part, uh, traveling down there, you know, in some years, uh, per quarter, uh, other years, you know, every few months or every, every half year, uh, I've moved my family down there for nine weeks over the winter. Oh, I, live, wow. I, I live in Pennsylvania, so it's not real hard to entice us to move to Belize for a couple, <laughs> couple, couple months over the winter. Um, we spent some, we spent quite a, quite a bit of time down there over the winter for the last couple of years. Um, and then just, you know, 
kind of key decisions, uh, you know, even as far as like when Hilton was coming on board, we had to make a decision and all the, you know, the, we're the lead investor in the resort. So we had to, you know, we were part of that decision making. Do we, do we stay a boutique hotel or do we bring on a, a major brand like that? Uh, so some of the larger decisions like that, uh, but as far as the day-to-day stuff, I, I wasn't uh, involved in day-to-day. Got it. Interesting. Um, and are you involved in any other development projects in, in the area? Um, we are about to take off on a uh, project in Lake Charles, Louisiana. It's a 240-unit uh, apartment building project, and then and, and that's new development. Mm-hmm. And then we also have a uh, – later on this fall, we're also uh, – developing a medical office slash uh, residential assisted living property that's very close by uh, same same area in fact right next door to their to our apartment project super excited about the area down there it is booming um, and there's a number of reasons why but there's you know 118 billion dollars projected to be spent there and for infrastructure and jobs and projects coming up here in the next decade. So uh, to be able to get in front of, of that is uh, super exciting. Interesting. Interesting. Well, best of luck. Um, I mean, they, they both sound like really interesting projects. And I'm really proud of, you know, the project in Belize. I mean, it sounds like you were making the right move by joining the right team in the right time. And, you should go, you should yeah. go visit. I, I'm actually considering that. I, uh, I was in one of the conferences and I actually heard about Belize and why, and all the indicators about why this market is going to be the next hottest market. Um, one of them, I remember the indicator of uh, the, incre- the increasing number of flights from the oh, U.S. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think the, from Denver, it's, uh, I think, once or twice a day. Um, yeah. It's a really, really hot destination, so you can see the attraction. Um, let, let me know when yeah. you're ready. Let me know when you're ready and and, uh, and we'll connect you. But no, you're right. You're right. I mean, you know, for for a long time, we couldn't use Southwest. And, and Southwest now has a hub in Denver. Mm-hmm. And now they also, but, and, and they also had a hub in Houston. Well, I couldn't get to Houston early enough in the morning to get on a flight to go to Belize. So even though they had nonstop flights going to, to uh, Belize, we couldn't use them here until last October. Now they started flying out of Fort Lauderdale. So now you can fly straight out of Philly, go down to Fort Lauderdale, and you can be on the ground at, uh, I think uh, the flight I got coming up here in the next couple of weeks is I'm gonna be on the ground at 11.45 in the morning. So wow. it's, you know, things like that are, you know, pretty good. I mean, they're pretty telling. And so you're always seeing that happen where new cities are, you know, are uh, creating uh, destination for Belize where it's easier and easier to get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It looks like a pretty interesting market and it. I'm definitely curious about this market and um, I, I've seriously considered, you know, going down there um, or at least kind of educate myself a bit more about this market. One of the questions that I had uh, and I wanted to ask you was, what was, what was your state of mind when you're, you're in Belize, you're under, you, you're considering to get into development of a, a new asset and it's it's a totally different side you know real estate a resort that you know probably something that until now until then you haven't haven't really done 
What was going on in the back of your mind when you were seeing this opportunity and considering to to get involved? Well, when you're down there in the wintertime and you live in Pennsylvania and you see the beautiful beaches and you've got the warm weather, it's pretty easy to get emotional about an uh, an investment decision like that, but you got to fight back. And Mm -hmm. uh, again, to me, it was all about the team. Uh, I would not be in Belize had I not found or had I not been part of a team like I am. So I try to keep the emotions out of my investment decisions. Uh, which is not easy when you travel to Belize, but uh, <laughs> very necessary though. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, it looks like you have a great, you're working with a great team and um, I know they're doing very well and uh, they keep developing uh, new projects and, and purchasing more properties in, in Belize. So It's been a fun ride. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what's what's next for you besides those two projects? You know, we've we've uh, invested heavily in ATM machines in the last several years, mm-hmm. and uh, they're doing really well. Um, just lately, um, we closed another tranche, and it uh, put us up over $25 million that we've raised in the last uh, about a year and a half. So just been very active in the in the multi I mean the uh, ATM business I've been an ATM investor since 2012 mm. uh, really good cash flow really good tax benefits and that's typically most of the time that's what you'll see in an asset class that that I get interested in it's got to have some kind of a tax tax piece to it mm-hmm. so uh, not as much not so much uh, a part of our Belize investment uh, that's a little bit more uh, lifestyle in exchange for tax treatment. But uh, there's definitely, uh, typically when I look at an investment, uh, it's based around cash flow and tax benefits. Yeah. Well, it looks like that's the the motivating kind of thought or power behind your decisions. So everything you do, you're... Well, it, certainly, it certainly is an important piece of it. Now, I, mm-hmm. I never try to let the, the you know, uh, the tax piece of it alone make that, decision because you know obviously you don't want to have uh real losses so that you can get the tax benefit from but if you're strategic and uh you know how to take uh advantage of the incentives that the government specifically put out there for investors and entrepreneurs and you know what those are uh you can use them in your favor and and it's life-changing yeah absolutely I totally agree. I think some of the best markets right now in, in the U.S. are those that actually have a really strong cash flow upward and also appreciation. Um, and if you add the tax benefits to it, you got it. It's a winning combination. So if you just if you were just looking for the tax benefit, it's pretty easy to buy anything. I think in L.A. or San Francisco, and a lot of there's a lot of foreign money coming here because they need to park their money. So. That's why it's, uh, unfortunately, I can buy anything here because everything is, especially in Santa Monica, uh, between 1% and 3% cap rate, which is unbelievable because you're paying a lot more, you know, when the, the, the interest rates are uh, 45 and north of that, it's, it is impossible to, it's really hard, not impossible, it's really hard to make any money, even with the tax savings. From what I hear, and I haven't, ever bought uh california real estate but from what i hear it's pretty hard to um i mean it's not a cash flow market no exactly it's very generous um if you know how to time 
you don't know. I don't think anyone can actually know how to time the market right because it's always a you know hindsight. Um, it's twenty twenty, right? But if you ended up timing the market right, then when it comes to appreciation in those core markets, especially LA, it's very the market's going to be very generous with you. Um, and in the wrong timing, it can completely wipe out the entire investment. So yes. again, it's going back to to the risk factor. Yes. Great. Well, Dave, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate um, you know your time, and uh, I, I had a, a blast having you on the show. My last question for you is: What would you tell your twenty-year-old self if you could kind of give some sort of an advice? Do yourself a favor. Take the shortcut. Team up with the great people. That's a solid advice, and it's not easy to implement. You gotta probably invest a lot of time getting to know people and teaming finding the right people i didn't start out that way and i wasn't born with that uh sort of instinct uh that's something that was pounded into me a few times and i never Mm -hmm. forgot it and uh so when you uh do business with really good people good things are going to happen when you don't they won't it just you know when you you can't do you can't do good deals with bad people and you know, it's not saying that you never do a bad deal. You got a really good team, but typically you'll be able to fight your way out of it. You'll be able to figure out, you know, you'll be able to figure out how to make the deal work or how to, you know, manage your risk. Um, but that won't happen if you deal with bad people. Got it. Well, that's a great advice. And thank you, Dave, again for, um, you know, being on my show and sharing your story. I appreciate it. It was fun. If you uh, if you would like, I have a little gift for your listeners. The uh, I wrote up a little piece called uh, Eight Real Life Lessons for Syndicators and Their Investors." And uh, if you if your listeners want to reach out to me, at info at therealassetinvestor dot com. I'll I'll make sure they get a copy of it. Perfect. Um, do you, would you like to share any other ways where people can, where our listeners can reach out to you or find you? Yeah, you can go to our website at therealassetinvestor.com or uh, info at therealassetinvestor.com is our email address. And we'll make sure we respond if your listeners reach out to us. Perfect. Thank you so much, Dave. I appreciate it. And have a good one. Thanks for having me on the show. That was our podcast for today, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I know that there are tens, if not hundreds of real estate related podcasts, and I'm grateful that you chose to listen to this one. You can find the episode's show notes on iTunes and on my website, www.ellieperlman.com. If you like me, my guests, or my podcast, share this podcast on your social media feed and tell your friends about it. And on the next episode, real estate is a snowball on a roller coaster. We will talk with a real estate investor from Dallas and hear about a time when he bought a property from an owner that was emotionally attached to his property. Hope you're having a great and meaningful day. Be greater than life. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.